Welcome back, everybody, to the 36th ever episode of the West Coast Preps podcast. I am Chris Jackson, joined here by Gregory Moreland soon. we got some special guests. Football is big in that family, kind of a family legacy in coaching and in the football realm. Stephen Amoko and Eric Amoko. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing very well. Uh, this is Stephen Amoko speaking. Uh, Chris and Greg, I really appreciate you guys having me on uh, the West Coast Preps podcast. Uh, you guys have been really active out here in the sporting community in general and at a time of uncertainty. But I think what's making you guys, what you guys do very unique is the fact that you guys are on the ground. Uh, you guys are in San Jose with me. Then you guys are uh, in Oakland in a few hours. Um, you guys are all over the place. So the way that you guys are growing uh, really organic, I think it's really special. And uh, I'm really, really, really lucky to be on here uh, mobily. I'm sure if we had an event, you guys would be there in a heartbeat, wherever it is. So I'm really excited to be on. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Sure. Thank you for the kind words. Yeah. And yeah, this is part of me. This is uh, Eric talking um, from someone who was in the Bay and then just looking from afar. You know, I see what West Coast Preps is doing. Uh, the social media presence is, is really strong. Uh, very well connected. I see you guys, like my brother said, are on the ground. So definitely just keep on doing your thing. Like um, you guys are doing a lot, of, lot for the youth out there. And then for myself, being a guy who was in the Bay, who's now coaching college football, you know, I have my, I have ears on the ground there. So it feels really good. So with you, my brother and you guys, so definitely looking forward to working with you guys as we continue to get better. And then, yeah, appreciate the kind words. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate you guys a lot. We thank you guys for everything you've done for us, and we can't wait for that next elite wideout session. Stephen Amoko is going to have again, hopefully, really, really soon. But yeah, but uh, we'll be doing that again in the near future. I know uh, one thing actually for clarification. I know I I sent you that elite wideout session invite, but I actually had a DB session too. So it was kind of just like a deliberate training elite athlete session, but um, we've all been calling an elite whiteout session online, so we're just rolling with that. But we're gonna uh, <laughs> definitely have some more elite elite sessions. Uh, you guys, I know you guys will be the first person uh, that I call to be there, so um, we'll be doing that in the near future. Um, and just uh, keeping our guys active, I think that's really important. Uh, getting our guys competing, um, and with that session in particular, the the main focus was just giving our guys an opportunity to use uh, relevant skills that they'll use in an actual game, not just asking some of these great wideouts to go moss somebody or run, run by somebody. We know these guys are already good at that. Or for our DBs, just playing press coverage all day and mauling an average guy uh, we're trying to teach our guys on defense how to communicate, how to play with proper alignment and leverage. Um, just trying to teach them. We were practicing playing against bunch and stack, so playing bracket or box. Um, so we had a few guys, young, talented guys who were freshmen there. We had a few uh, players who were at the collegiate level. So the concepts that we're teaching are going to be used no matter what level you're at. You know, they might call it a different name at Oregon. They might call, you know, playing in and out. They might call it bracket. Some at Wyoming, they might call it banjo. Um, but 
those skills are going to have to be accessed at the next level. So uh, just the way that we train everything that we do in general is it's working for the specific purpose to get better, trying to use uh, precision um, and just techniques that are going to really translate into the, our players' games. And for both of you guys, I guess, introduce yourselves more of who you are to the audience and what you guys are doing now. I know, Steven, you're out here in the Bay Area. Then, Eric, I know that you're a college football coach out there in the Mountain West. Uh, yeah, so for myself, uh, just a little bit about my background. I, I grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, I was lucky enough to sign to the University of Oregon. I played there for two years. Um, I transferred from there, went to Houston Baptist University. That's in the Southland Conference. It's a D1AA school. Um, I really got lucky. So when I left Oregon, you know, we were really, really successful. We had Marcus Mariota, um, D'Anthony Thomas, Ifo, one of the best DBs I've ever played with. Uh, we were getting a lot of free wins. We were getting a lot of wins, but I wasn't playing as much as I, as I would have desired. So, you know, I wanted to give myself the opportunity to, like, use the skills that I thought I possessed. So I transferred. I told, I told myself that I'm, like, I'm too good of a player to be not getting playing time. Like, I need to go do something. Like, I don't want to get free wins. I want to contribute to these wins. So I went to Houston Baptist University, uh, played there for two years, had a pretty good – had some individual success there. I was an all-conference player. I was a team captain. Um, played well enough that I was able to grad transfer and where I finished my career at the University of Minnesota in the Big Ten. Um, we had a really good year there, had a really good defense, and I was really lucky that I made. So for those that listen, for you young guys, like, understand that uh, who you know really matters and, like, the way you build relationships and carry yourself really matters because – for me, I've had the desire to coach college football for three years. I coached high school football for two years in Texas, and I coached junior college football for one year in the Bay Area. And, you know, I've had the desire to coach college football. I was lucky enough that through my journey of college football, I came across, across uh, Coach Bell, who was my defensive coordinator at the time. He then, um, three years later, offered me my first college football job. So, like, how you carry yourself really matters. Um, and leaving good impressions on people really matters. So, you know, if you, if you leave anything from today, please leave with that understanding. And for me, uh, this is my first year as a college football coach. It's really a big learning experience. Um, you know, being a GA, you're definitely, um, you know, running scout team and making a lot of copies and, you know, tagging a lot of film, um, but you get your opportunities to coach here and there, but definitely learning a lot about the game. And I know for myself, I look forward to be able to, you know, coaching these young guys and help them get better and pass all my knowledge. Uh, so for myself, uh, much like my brother said, I'm from DFW, Texas, Arlington, uh, to be specific. Um, my brother and I, we went to Martin High School, so really good uh, football powerhouse in Texas. Uh, we had some great players during our time there, Miles Garrett being one of our high school teammates as well. So for myself, uh, Science University of Oregon as well, 
I was there for three seasons, registered my first year, uh, stayed for two more years. And uh, following our national championship run, so we, uh, my redshirt sophomore year, we won the Pac-12. And that was in the new Levi Stadium uh, out here. We played the University of Arizona. And uh, from there, we went and played Florida State in the Rose Bowl. That's when we were in those lime green jerseys. Uh, Jameis Winston had that fumble that people love to, like, make a meme out of him, like, fumbling the crab legs or <laughs> Thanksgiving now, so maybe he's fumbling a turkey, whatever the case might be. Uh, then after that, uh, played Ohio State in the national championship game where, um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, who's now a Dallas Cowboy, he tore us up where he now plays in uh, AT&T Stadium. So uh, at Oregon, that was a great experience. Um, having the opportunity to play with some really great players. Uh, our secondary was extremely talented. We had great players. Like my brother mentioned, Ifo Ekpre Olamu. He's uh, was an All-American. He was projected as the number one DB uh, going into the draft, I believe, 20, 2015, 2014 draft. Uh, he was a stud. We had uh, a local product, Eric Dargan. He was one of our captains in our secondary. He went to Pittsburgh High School. Uh, he was a great coach and leader. Avery Patterson, he's a Pitt, Pittsburgh High School product as well. Um, Troy Hill, who's now playing for the LA Rams and starting. Uh, Terrence Mitchell, who's playing for the Cleveland Browns and starting, who's a Sacramento product. So uh, we had a lot of talent, a lot of good players um, to just help, you know, develop my game and just to learn from them. We had, a, uh, I would say, one of the best DB coaches in the game, uh, Coach John Neal. His um, ability just to teach the game of football, the X's and O's, I think that's uh, – pay dividends in my development as a coach. So my uh, how, I, how I look at the game of football from a defensive or an offense, offensive perspective, uh, he really shaped my knowledge there. So after uh, Oregon, I went to Illinois State University. Um, when I was there, we finished our season 12 and two. We got a number two uh, berth into the FCS playoffs. Um, really great program there. And uh, I was fortunate that, you know, my brother, he was actually uh, in the process of grad transferring from Houston Baptist. And he uh, chose to go to University of Minnesota. Uh, he had some offers from Texas Tech. Louisiana Monroe was one of the schools um, who my brother had an Tulsa. offer. Tulsa. So I was uh, actually getting ready to graduate that summer and when my brother decided on ULM, um, it was just kind of a perfect mesh in timing that I was graduating. And I met my uh, defensive back coach, Lamar Morgan, who's now at Louisiana Lafayette. And uh, he gave me the opportunity to, to grad transfer and go there at ULM for my senior year where I was, where I was a team captain. Uh, we had, uh, I had some individual success. Our team was okay. We were in a, a bit of a rebuild, but I had a great uh, opportunity there. And um, I would say that for our listeners, you know, you don't want to limit your opportunities based on, you know, region or the size of the school. Uh, I know just taking care of my grades, making good decisions, and then just trusting the process 
you know, that took me from Texas to Oregon to Illinois to Louisiana. Uh, now I'm out here in California. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, good things that come with the game, a lot of good things that come with the discipline that you develop as a student athlete. And, um, you know, it can give you a lot of purpose. So, you know, I feel really driven that my passion is in football. It's been in athletics. So I would say for uh, our young listeners, just stay on the right track, make great decisions. The people that you regularly surround yourself with are going to be a huge impact and deciding factor in your trajectory moving forward. And then I want to go back to your early days when you guys were in Dallas. What was it like playing high school football out there? You said, you know, Miles Garrett went to your same school. What was that experience like to play uh, high school football out there? Um, um, it was great. Um, it was amazing. It's a, yeah, it's definitely a big deal there. I know um, if you've seen the movie like Friday Night Lights, um, I, I wouldn't say where we're from in Arlington is that serious where – they're shutting down the whole town to go to the football game. But, um, you know, you're definitely having like 10,000 people in the stands every week. Um, you know, you're playing in the Dallas Cowboys Stadium in the playoffs and filling that thing up. People, they'll have like four games in there and they'll have like the whole stadium filled. Um, you're playing against great competition every week, like in our district. Like we were lucky. And on our team in my two years of varsity, we had, I think, 18 players signed D1 in my two years. We were really lucky. Um, we had so many, so many good players on our team that before they had the opening, Nike used to have a tournament called uh, – it was just, what, Nike 7 on? Yeah. So at the 7 on tournament, they invite, like, whole high school teams to it onto the Nike campus. So our team, we had a couple of Under Armour All-Americans. Yeah, three of them. Um, Denzel Williams, Derek Gildon. Kyle Hick, uh, uh, and Devontae Fields. We had four. Oh, Miles Garrett, we had five. Uh, so we had some ballers. We had a kid named Devontae Burns. He signed to AM. He actually made it into the camp with the Patriots. We had two D1 kickers, Jay Nobercrom. I think he's like the leading scorer at TCU. And then Ben Grogan, he's like the leading scorer at Oklahoma State. He was an all conference kicker. We had uh, left tackle Stephen Baggett. He signed to Boise State. He was one. Of, he actually convinced my brother and I to play football. Um, we were. I thought I was a basketball player, and I wasn't going to play football in high school. And I was playing Xbox Live with Stephen Baggett. At the time, T.O. played for the Cowboys, and I loved the Cowboys. And we were playing Call of Duty Four, and he was saying like, "Yeah, you guys got to play football. Like, you guys could be like just like T.O. and like score touchdowns." And uh, he convinced us to come out. And it's funny, um, my first year playing football, I thought I made B team like the first day. I'm thinking I'm going out there. I'm, I signed to play football so I could be T.O. Our coach, he calls out like 13, 14 guys. And then, um, you know, I'm over here stuck in the locker room. And I'm like, damn, I made B team. And the next thing you know, he calls about 13 or 14 more guys. And he tells us that we're playing defense. And um, I just can remember for myself, like, the first couple of days, I'm just, like, going about 50%, 60%. I had a great freshman coach named Coach Sharon. For whatever reason, he just really believed in my brother and I and made me fall in love with football. And, like, for me, like, I didn't even come into high school wanting to play football. And I, like, ended up signing to, like, a top-five school. I was lucky that I went to a school with a lot of talent, but also, like, 
and this is why it's important to be around like positive influences. So from a competitive person. So the one thing I knew was that I wasn't going to be the weakest link. Like I'm not going to be the worst player on the team. So I'm lucky that I'm around a lot of really talented players. So that helped me elevate my game. And then the next thing I know, you know, we're playing in Oregon. Teddy Bridgewater's there. Amari Cooper's there. Uh, Haha Clint Dix is there. Um, a dude named J.W. Walsh, who went to Oklahoma State and started, was there. Um, just D. Hart, he was a running back who signed to Bama, uh, was there. Just a lot of ballers. James Wilder. James yeah. Wilder. Yeah, like just tons of ballers. Um, and for me, like that mm-hmm. – I was able to be – I was able to get first team all tournament at that tournament. I'm a sophomore in high school. Haha Clint Dix is like the number one safety in the country. And that's what what made me realize that I was – that I had the ability to turn into a Division one athlete. And then um, it's funny. So something I really believe in is speaking things into being. So after that tournament in Oregon at Nike, I had never thought about – I hadn't played a down on varsity. Again, I never thought about playing college football. And then I got back on the plane. I remember talking to my mom, and she asked me how to win. And I just told her, like, man, it's a you know, I think Oregon is – Go ahead and repeat that. Oregon, you were yeah, like- I told them that that was the best football I'd ever played in my life and that I think Oregon is where I want to go. And then literally – I played my junior year on varsity, and then a year later, I'm taking a nap in my room. My brother comes knocking to my door, and he's telling me, Eric, answer the phone. Oregon's on the phone. And I'm like, Steven, like, I'm tired. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to hear that. And I close the door. So then, like, two minutes later, he comes back. He's like, Eric, like, for real, Oregon's on the phone. Like, they want to talk to us on three-way. So I three-way. And then, you know, Coach Neal, he tells us he's going to come down to Texas in about two weeks and uh, offer us. And I can just remember how rewarding that felt. Like, I remember, a, a, like, it might it might have been a little over a year, a little under, but literally a year ago, I was telling my mom, I said, Mom, like, how do you feel about me going to Oregon uh, for school? And she was like, well, you know, if they're, like, paying for it, sure. And then, like, a year later, they're offering me, so – it was really like my decision was made as soon as I got that offer. Like I knew I was going to go to Oregon. So I was, it was a good experience. Like high school, uh, it was a great time. And one thing playing high school football in Texas, one thing that my brother and I are both really, um, you know, blessed with is that what the foundation that we have now in terms of being trainers, you know, it was built on, those experiences from great coaches. So for us, like, you know, I would say, Stephen, you'll probably agree with me. Junior year, in terms of skill set, like we were good athletes, but in terms of being DBs, we were just guys who get wrong with guys. Agreed. I know um, just uh, with Texas football in general, one thing I think that makes it a little bit different, um, like, you know, we see how commercialized it is through Friday Night Lights and the TV show and the movies and everything. But um, I would say just the pride and 
it's like just how, how my brother was saying people take it really serious like that really can't be stressed enough like people really wear their football performances on their sleeve like how good of a football you player you are is very defining for a lot of high school athletes out there I know for myself as a high school teacher and I, I don't think it's the same everywhere but I know just in the schools that I've been to in terms of just the culture of football, the school spirit around football, uh, how invested the administration and the athletic programs are into football and athletics in general. Uh, I think in Texas, um, just the sporting landscape, it's people are highly invested in it. Um, the weight room culture in Texas, I know at, at our high school, we were lifting twice a day, you know, we had a football period built into our into our schedule. So, you know, we have our first and second period. Third period is football class for an hour and a half, which goes into lunch. So if they want to hold us a little bit into lunch, they can. They can. We're going to go get our lift in, go to lunch, go to our last period of class. And after school, um, we're going to go right back into the weight room and get a second lift in that day. And um, what I mean by the culture of football, like our, our coaches had – um, myself, my brother, everyone else on our team, I want to say almost brainwashed in a way. They would, they would tell us, um, you know, after school, like, get right to the weight room. Like, you don't want to be talking to the hallway girls. Like, the hallway girls can wait. Like, make sure you get straight to the weight room. Like, you know, like, you know. Jimmy, They'll like you more when you leave the weight room. Like, yeah, just like, get you know, straight to the weight room. You know, what, talking to the hallway girls right now, like, he's not getting bigger and stronger. They're going to see you walking out of the weight room, and now these hallway girls are going to want you. So um, just that investment in the weight room uh, is way different. I think a lot of our Bay Area high school football players, if they go to some of these programs in Texas, they'll notice that athletes just in general are bigger because of the investments in the weight room. And that's not for everybody. There are a lot of kids out here who are finding that time on their own and getting that work. But just in the high school programs in general, the resources that are available uh, that they give to the players is um, is night and day. I wouldn't say it's on these coaches out here. It's just the resources. You can only give as much as you have. And then also uh, with spring football in Texas, you get to do uh, full pads. Full pads. I think it's like 20 padded practices in the spring. I'm a junior college coach out here right now at De Anza College. We have coaches come in and watch our guys in the spring, but it's just, you know, jerseys and shorts. Having that padded practice, it really accelerates the recruiting process. Uh, if you're a young guy, before you play varsity football, you've actually gotten reps versus older guys. Um, that experience in Texas is huge. It really, really helps develop the game. And um, another thing to add on, like my brother mentioned at Martin, we had a, an insane amount of talent in our secondary. My brother and I went to Oregon. One of my best friends, Devontae Burns, he went to Texas A&M. Our other DB, Ryan, he went to University, University of Rice. One of our backers went to TCU. Miles Garrett went to A&M. Our All-American DN went to TCU. Um, Bull went to North Texas. To Michigan, our safety slash running back went to OU or other running back went to TCU. Um, like we, we really had guys across the board. And uh, for myself as a young player, 
you know, I would see these guys, these guys who are being recruited by these D1s and colleges, and uh, I, I would just kind of see my own attributes. Like, this guy is really good. He's being recruited by this school. Uh, but I think I'm a better athlete than him, or I think I can do some of these things a little bit better than him. You know, if uh, you know if this big this Big Twelve school wants him, I can at least go. You know, Mountain West or you know Sun Belt. I can at least do those at least. So I would say, like for athletes, like surrounding yourself with great talent and great people is going to help elevate your game. And um, for my brother and I, um, I I have to give a shout out to our mentor, and I would say the coach who changed our lives and changed our game. His name is Clay Mack, Coach Clay Mack, Clay Mack Skills on Instagram. Uh, my brother and I were fortunate enough to get scholarships our junior year, uh, but once we started working with our trainer, Coach Clay Mack, he really laid the foundation for us in terms of technique fundamentals, how to get out of the break, the style of training that we do. Um, he really gave us the game through training with him for two years. And um, everything that we do now is literally a product of what he has taught us. And of course, my learned experience through going to these different schools and of course, seeking knowledge. But um, I would say if there's anybody that guys are getting game from in terms of learning. Uh, Coach Clay Mack is definitely the guy to go to in terms of that. And he's Clay Mack, he's, his resume is very strong. Uh, he trained Jeff Okuda. When I, whenever I was still playing in college, I had the opportunity to play with Jeff, to train with Jeff once or twice, about two times. And I can remember telling my teammates, like I trained with like a LeBron-esque athlete. Like, this kid is special. And, uh, you know, Jeff Okuda, he was still in high school. Very humble guy. Really solid uh, mindset. You know, now he's a first-round pick. And then Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams, I can remember whenever I was in high school and Jamal Adams was an eighth, like, a middle schooler training with Coach Mack. And next thing you know, um, you know, Jamal Adams is Jamal Adams. Like, it's not by surprise. Um, what is it? Um, starting in Oregon right the now. dude who plays for the Eagles. Um, Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills. Um, Jalen Mills, he has the green hair, green goblin. Yep. Jalen Mills, what's crazy about Jalen Mills is Jalen Mills was his t high school team's second best corner in the eyes of the scouting world. Um, he had a teammate named Bryson Eccles, who was an Under Armour All-American. He signed the University of Texas. My brother and I had the opportunity to train with him as well. Clay Mack trained these guys. Um, Jalen Mills was slept on a little bit. He ended up blowing up late and went to LSU, but he wasn't even as respected as he should have been coming out of high school. But he worked with Coach Mack. And great player, still works with Coach Mack. Uh, but And Coach Mack now, he trains every year. He hosts about 20 DBs. Um, for their combine training. So this past year he had Xavier McKinney, the safety from Alabama, and he had um, Akuda. So like he's always getting the best guys, going to continue to develop the best guys. And I'm hopeful that, you know, as deliberate training continues to grow here in the Bay Area, that, uh, you know, we're able to put some deliberate training DBs in the league. So 
the young guys who are investing in now, these guys are the future. So, you know, we're only going to continue to get better. Um, you know, we just hope that guys maximize their opportunities for, and I guess it comes down to as simple as this. So not to go on a rant, but I know we're really lucky that we're in a position. I know I'm coaching college football, but my brother who's in the game right now in terms of over training, the company has grown a lot just in terms of, you know, when we first started three years ago, when we got in the Bay, you know, you're seeking clients. And now we are in a position where, you know, we're accepting, we're not, we're training some of the best guys and trying to find time for clients. But I know it's just interesting, like for, a, for my brother and myself, I know for me, I became a D1 athlete because I invested countless hours countless hours on the field when I was in high school like during the season I was training two times a week during the off season going into my senior year my brother and I were training probably Three, four times a week or yeah we would it didn't matter what time we would hit our trainer coach Mac up he would pull up at 11 at night the lights would be off and we would be training we were committed to it but there's a lot of guys who say they want to go D1. There's a lot of guys who say that the Bay Area slept on. And there's a lot of guys who question whether or not that they wanna whether or not they want to get work in consistently, you know? But realistically, like guys are delusional if they think that investing time on the field on their craft is, I guess, a waste or that they're too good for that. Like, um, I just think that young guys, pretty much, you know, time is valuable. The more you're going to get good at whatever you put your time into. If you, for me, when I was in high school, so you know that last five minutes in class before, you know, the teacher, the last five minutes, she just lets you guys, you know, sit down, chop it up. Um, so, you know, you're over here waiting for the bell so you can get out. So for me, when I was in high school, like when I talk about trying to become a great DB, so that last five minutes, I stand up, I'm talking to my friends, and I'm literally sitting here breaking in place, breaking in place. And people would always ask, like, myself and my brother, like, what, why are you guys always dancing? Like, what dance move are you doing? And I would just tell them, I'm working on my break. I'm just working on my break right now. Like, that's what I call, like, investing time and in trying to master your craft. Like, that's what we're trying to do in our program. We're trying to build – we're not only trying to do drills. It's not the drills, it's the skills. We're trying to build great players. We're trying to build great players. It's the skills. It's the mindset. It's the time invested. It's, it's the confidence. The knowledge that you know something that your opponent doesn't. Um, like in terms of changing direction, getting out of the break, um, really anything football related, what we say is, like, you know, we're not just throwing hands and feet. Like, I know when I was in high school, before I started training, um, I was just literally throwing hands and feet. Like, I don't know what I'm throwing to get out of this break. I'm just throwing stuff and just running fast. But uh, for our guys, everything is intentional. Every movement, how you pivot on your foot, where you place your post foot, your dry foot to get out of the break, your posture. Um, I would say for – for young guys and guys listening, it's not all about training with deliberate training. 
Um, we will teach you exactly, you know, how to be a great player. In our opinion, we're always constantly evolving, seeking knowledge and getting better because we don't know it all. But we, um, we have methods that have been proven to work at all levels, the NFL level, college level, of course, the high school level. But uh, I would recommend that everybody, you know, find someone that you can commit to, get some time with. There's some really great coaches out here. Uh, Coach Eric Washington, uh, Coach Ty Brown, Eat Athletics in Sacramento, uh, our guys at DB Select. Um, I know I'm going to miss a few guys. Coach Mann out there in Monterey, Coach Carter Samuels uh, over in Locked In. Um, I know there's some guys I'm definitely missing. But there's some great trainers out here for you guys to work with who definitely have your best interest. Coach Vince out there in Stockton, Coach Ryan out there in Stockton, uh, Coach Roy out there in Stockton. A lot of great coaches for you guys to sh polish your game up. Coach Kenyon and KT, uh, Coach Lynn. There's so many resources out here. Um, just do your research, ask questions when you're training because um, one thing that we believe is just the awareness of how to move your body is going to be key. So you're not just throwing hands and feet and uh, ask questions because you want to know the answers. And I know for me, myself as a trainer, I, I, I tell guys, this like, I, I love when you ask questions. I love when you question it because I had the answer and I probably have for myself as a coach, like my brother said, it's not the skills, it's, it's the drill. So I have a fundamental knowledge of the way that I like things done in terms of movement or the game of football. So uh, what I search for is coaching points. So I want to be able to paint the picture in a way that you're going to be able to understand it. So, um, you know, that that's a bit of our methodology in terms of training. It's, it's very specific. Um, one thing that we talk about all the time is not using cones. Like, I, you know, joke with my players and tell them sometimes, like, I'm allergic to cones because, like, you know, like we don't, uh, we just don't use them a lot. Cones are a tool. We just don't think that, um, we just use the tools as necessary. Like it's just not a part of what we do, like big time. And there's nothing, also, wrong, there's nothing, would, wrong, it's just not the way that we do things here. Yeah. I would also say um, for guys, um, in terms of what my brother was saying, there's a lot of great trainers out there. Um, but also, guys, like I would, say you can learn a lot from multiple people. You can learn a lot from multiple people. So I think it's like very, very naive for us. Like we have guys who train with multiple trainers and we feel no type of way about that at all. Cause we have the understanding that you can learn a lot. Everybody knows something you don't like, if you think you know everything, you're not going to get better. You're going to be stuck and staying the same. So, you know, guys, we definitely, pro we definitely encourage you to seek, other opportunities to get better, whether you're training with another trainer, uh, whether you're training with us, we definitely encourage that, um, you know, because you never know who has what for you. Um, you know, I guess oftentimes coaches can be possessive of players. And um, I know guys, you know, kind of buy into the hype of their players and really love to um, be protective of them. Um, for us, I really feel like the most important thing is that, like, again, it's all about the time you invest. Like, we want to see you get better. Um, we'll oftentimes have guys who train with us. They'll get better. Some They'll go try someone else out. Maybe they like it over there and stay over there for a while. 
come back and we'll find things that maybe they needed to improve upon and we'll fix that. We'll find things that they got better at. So um, we definitely feel like, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about investing in yourself. Uh, we're going to continue to try to get guys better. Um, you know, just invest your time wisely. I'll say this also, guys, too. Um, at least from our approach with our players, like we love every player that we train. Uh, we're very invested in all the players we train. And, you know, there's there's guys that I have not we have not had the opportunity to train directly in person yet that we're even invested in just in terms of communication, checking in, giving them tips here and there. Um, but I think as coaches, we have to remember this. And then also as players, we have to keep in mind that, you know, the clock is going to be ticking, ticking with or without us. So uh, let's say there's a guy who that we really love training and, you know, he's going to go train over there or go play on this center on 17. Like, we're not going to take that personally. Like, uh, we don't have time to invest in that. Like our goal is to get you out anyway. So let's say you, we train you for three years, you get an offer and go to Nebraska for school. Like we don't expect to see you on the field with us. We're going to be on to the next guys grooming you. So that's just from our approach. Like we're just aware time is going to go on. And we also know the product that we offer. Um, you know, you will get better working with us. That's a 100% fact. The facts are, it's, it's been proven, but we're also aware that time is going to go on with or without you. So, you know, we're just, in, we're just focused on working with the guys in front of us. I would say for coaches, same thing. Like, we should keep that in mind. Like, these players aren't here for us. We're here to be a resource for them because we're trying to send them somewhere else. Like, I don't want to see some of my studs at Pioneer High School during the football season. I want them to have to come home during spring break and come and get that work. Uh, so, and then players, um, you know, you guys, we, we got to stop doing the run around on coaches or thinking we have leverage on guys because you have a particular amount of talent. Um, there's always guys out there who are better than us. Like there's coaches who are better than me. There's players who are better than you. And time is going to keep on ticking. The game does not stop. So, you know, none of us are bigger than the game or time. So we just have to keep that in mind. Like, all you can do is get better and make the decisions that are best to you. But um, I would say just transparency is key. And uh, for us, we're not going to be chasing guys. We're just going to work with the guys in front of us. Uh, we'll reach out if we really want you. There'll be some guys that we reach out to, of course. And you know, you can respectfully decline and we'll respectfully move on and keep on getting better. And what got both of you guys into coaching in the first place? Uh, so I would say Texas high school football was a big influence there. Uh, a lot of my mentors in high school were coaches. And uh, in Texas, what's cool is most to coach at a high school in Texas, you have to be a full-time teacher on campus. So uh, the teach our coaches are on campus all day, and uh, they're all really lively. They're happy. They're cracking jokes. So for me, at an early age, I just kind of saw that you know coaching and being around young people it keeps you youthful. So that's something that I I always knew I wanted to get into. So in high school, uh, it was you know I just want to be a high school coach, just like my coaches. They get paid pretty well. They're happy. Texas high school football is a big deal. 
and then uh, going through the process of college football, I'm noticing, you know, the good and the bad, um, the coaching talent at these different levels. Like, you know, even at the highest level, there's some coaches who are, they're of course good, but, you know, at lower levels, there's some amazing coaches as well who are elite. So just realizing that that's what kind of made me want to uh, pursue coaching at a higher level than high school. Uh, what about you, Eric? What made you want to get into coaching? Um, so what made me want to get into coaching was seeing my high school coaches and then uh, my senior year. So our senior year of high school uh, in Texas, football is a big deal. So we had a powder puff football game. Um, and some schools will have like seniors versus juniors. In our school, we had like, I think 48. just, yeah, like 4,800 4, students in our school. So we had a pretty big senior class. So it was just seniors versus seniors. Uh, my brother and I, we were lucky enough to have our own team. We were playing our quarterback that year, who I don't want to say we had any kind of beef with, but there was definitely some um, – we definitely were in some competition, I guess. I don't know. I think for – he's actually a good friend of mine um, now. But I think for him, like, in junior high, he was the man. And then slowly but surely, as my brother and I got better at football, I think we kind of um, – maybe became better than he thought we would be. I don't know. I think just um, we were getting a lot of love. But um, so we were playing his team. And I can just remember, like, it's funny how prideful people can be. Like, I'm over here thinking that my reputation in our high school is on the line on this game. So, like, my brother and I, we're at practice. We're up-downing girls. We're sending them on laps if they're not uh, paying attention. We have these girls doing Oklahoma drill. We have them running the 40. Like, we're doing a whole lot. And then uh, probably too much because what happened was girls stopped showing up to practice. And, like, you know, if we had this uh, – he was, like, a history teacher, and he liked to talk a lot of trash. He was from, like, Massachusetts. And he was like, yeah, here girls aren't coming to y'all's practice. Like, you guys are going to be getting whooped, this, that, and the other. So, of course, that only heightened my um, – insecurity I'm like yeah like my my reputation's online we got to win this game so um shoot our girls we, our we offense, got them coached up uh we designed our offense off of Kansas State's offense they had Colin Klein he was kind of like a big Tim Tebow quarterback they would run a ton of QB power QB ISO uh and Kansas State was actually our first scholarship offer our pop Warner coach Joe Gordon who was actually Eric's head coach. He'll probably speak on that uh, at Seguin High School when he was coaching high school football in Texas. So I would say, Eric, going back on that in terms of relationships. But um, we designed our offense off of Kansas State's offense. We had a couple studs we had drafted. Uh, it was just a great, great feeling, like uh, just getting it all together. And uh, in terms of, like, knowing we wanted to coach, like I remember before, like, the – you know, the uh, coin toss, like, I haven't had that. Um, uh, I'm going to get my brother back in here. His phone died. I haven't had that adrenaline rush like that, like, in a really ever. Uh, just like the idea of, you know, it's not me physically beating you, but it's my concepts, my players, the stuff that, you know, we put on paper, like, um, like I like to call it dialing somebody up, like, 
for me, like, that's one of the best feelings in the world as a coach. Like, when you have something dialed up, like, you watch the film or you see the tendency, so you just have that beater ready to go. So, uh, after that powder puff game, kind of like my brother Echo, that was immediately I knew I went to coach, uh, get into coaching for sure. Um, you got into coaching. What is it about training that you just love doing as well, training these kids and helping them grow as athletes? Um, so what got me into training was like my mentor that I spoke to, Coach Clay Mack, uh, the unique way he trains and, you know, the stuff he teaches works. I know it. So how he changed my game um, in two years, um, like the formula is just so good that like I knew that I know that I have knowledge that people do not have. So it's like, uh, I know that I can teach people this stuff. So uh, that's what makes me feel really great as a trainer. Uh, even though I'm only in my third year of training total, like I would say like my, the fundamental package that I was equipped with, uh, I think it was far, it far beyond what the normal people knows in terms of their knowledge. Like you can't get the stuff that, he's teaching out of a book like you can get your kinesiology masters and I think I can still teach you how to get out of the break better than that person probably but uh in terms of helping these guys out um it really goes back to my training like I said like the impact that he had on my life and I would say I I'm even more a fixture in my players lives now in terms of being hands-on with them and you know like communicating with their families and all that so uh, I know that you know us as coaches we play a vital role in our in our player success and um, I know that I can take people to the places that I've been to some of my young guys are better than I was for sure my at my age so if they're working these skills now I have no doubt that they can acquire a scholarship through the hard work so uh, it's just a really rewarding feeling um, I love getting the opportunity to work with like top athletes, of course, like that's always fun. And it's not really, um, it's not getting guys because they have the name. I love getting guys who have the name and then exposing their weaknesses in terms of like what they're deficient in. Cause like we all have deficiencies, of course. So getting a really great athlete and then now uh, exposing some things that he's not as good at perhaps or some things that some coaches would let him get away with just because, you know, he's good. So I think some coaches shy away from coaching really good guys uh, because, you know, they don't want to, you know, maybe upset the athlete or like. If it's not, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Exactly. So I know for me, I'm, I'm going to train my youth guys just like I would a pro athlete. Of course, there's some ta some tailoring there, but in terms of the fundamentals, um, I'm going to use the exact same eyes, the exact same critiques. So uh, it, it, I, I just love coaching. I love building relationships in the families, in the community. And, uh, you know, not being from the Bay Area, being a trainer, um, it's allowed me to connect with so many people out here. So uh, that's one thing. Uh, without training, you know, I probably wouldn't have, and coaching, I probably wouldn't have as many, like, friends and acquaintances like you guys. So, 
uh, it's definitely well worth it in my opinion. Sound, sound. I'm gone. I'm gone.